NBA Straya. How you doing? It's, uh, what is it, Monday, November 22. Jeez, November 22, bro. Where's the year gone, man? Mostly in lockdown. This is NBA Straya. I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. Rolling Stone, Triple J, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, I'm here. Hanging out in Larry Armour Studios giving you the lowdown and all the ins and outs of the NBA season. It's all happening. It's all going on. We're in the uh, guts of it now. Can't roll it back. Uh, we're here rapping Strayer a bit. That's what we do. We don't take things too seriously around here. We'll leave that for the nerds. God, they love the serious stuff, don't they? But we do take basketball seriously here. <laughs> anyway, big weekend rap. LeBron got in a fight. Kind of. Uh, the Wolves might have ended the Grizzlies as a franchise. Jeez, that was brutal. Uh, we've got all that in the NBA Australia game wraps as well as some weekend winners and losers. We've got a juicy slab of that's not an IFL, mate. No mates. Spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball, dickhead of the weekend. Always a classic. And of course, yeah, Nas, the unpopular opinion of the day, and Outback Takehouse, where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's Australian Player Watch, a weirdly brief one this weekend, actually. And uh, an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence, uh, as long as, along with some NBA Australia game previews and picks for tomorrow. Big slate tomorrow, so that'll be fun. And we'll finish up with a very, very brief... Uh, Giddily positive giddy review for giddily positive people with Josh Giddy. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Making it up as I go. All right, episode 703 of NBA Australia. Let's go. All right, support for NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped, the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Look after your poon. Uh, they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You'll go, oh, that's a good bloody trimmer. Tell you what, may have gotten the old man one for his 60th. I spent all weekend basically going, how good is it? And Dad's like, you know what, pretty bloody good. <laughs> anyway, so he's joined over 2 million men Worldwide, who trust Manscaped, and you can too. With this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STRAYER over there at manscaped.com. So, to be honest, not only has the old man tried it out, I was one of the first folks to try out the old 4.0. I was blown away by it. And on top of that, not just like the trimmer, they've got all the other men's grooming accessories. you got the plow, you got the nose trimmer, the whippersnipper. Lots of good stuff in there. And the trimmer itself, I love the light. I love the wireless charging, but most of all, I love it because it's just like this house. No nicks. No nicks! Because you've got the advanced skin safe technology, that awesome ceramic blade. I love it. You get your light, you know what you're doing. But either way, basically, it all comes down to that simple idea. If you've been using your face trimmer on your nuts and then vice versa, that's gross. Grow up. Get your own ball hair and body hair trimmer with Manscaped and you'll make me time the best time and you'll enhance your confidence as well as some nice smooth boyos. So get 20% off free shipping. (laughs) Use your words, Jimmy. I'm nearly dying. There you go. 20% off and free shipping with the code straight here at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and so will anybody else who goes anywhere near them. Yes, that's what it's all about. So 20% off and free shipping with the code Strayer at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. With free shipping at manscaped.com, use the code STRAYER, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. 
This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Oh, geez, you better watch out for the beers attack if you're me on the weekend. My Lord. Huh. Getting too old for this, but also, I'll tell you what, lockdowns, you just sort of get out. Look, I always used to to call it piss fit, right? You can drink a million beers if you're drinking a million beers. If you're not drinking a million beers all the time, going out, doing things, suddenly, you're not quite as piss fit as you might be. Uh, that's what I discovered on the weekend. <laughs> Three days back to back to back. Oh, took it right out of me, dude. Uh, but yeah, Friday night, got on the tins, mate's 40th. Love that. Hung out with my uh, buddy and co-host of NFL Australia, Gaz, just up the road after that as well, and it just spiraled out of control. And that set the tone for the rest of the weekend. Hanging out, went and saw the old boy for his 60th. That was good. Saw some family, some friends, and about a million more beers. Out in the bush. Loved it. Not the manscaped bush, just the normal actual eucalyptus tree bush. <laughs> it was bloody lovely. About a million more beers later. And then hanging out with a buddy of mine back in Ballarat. Out in the uh, desolate waste of Brown Hill. Till bloody 1am. Out in the backyard sitting around a fire just talking shit. Smashing tins. It's like I'd never left. <laughs> and the same thing yesterday. God damn, man. I'm just... You just get that washed out feeling, right? And you just sort of turn around and go, that was a big weekend. Oh, everything hurts. Just not feeling up for anything. And then it's like, oh, well, better do a show. <laughs> Let's start today's show. The way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily. Whip around. I'll tell you what, though. It was great to see some old muckers from uh, B-Town and Co. Hanging out with my buddies. My man's Mick. My man's Matt. All the homies. My best mate. <laughs> watching kids just run around causing havoc. It's great. What a world. Anyway, Luke Walton got fired. Yeah, that's part of the daily whip around. Yeah, Luke Walton. He's gone. He's like my liver. <laughs> He's out. He's packed up. He got fired. Uh, last and latest soul, I guess, to be consumed by the insatiable black hole that is Sacramento. I think that means with um, the appointment of Alvin Gentry now, that's 11 coaches in the last 15 years. That is absolutely fucking bonkers. Look, they've been a mess all year. It's been pretty bad the last couple of weeks. And um, the best part to sort of come out of this is to sort of just shine a giant light on the futility of the Sacramento Kings as a franchise, right? Not only, you know, everyone thought, oh, the Maloofs have finally sold it. We've got a new Vivek Renadives wandered in, figured out, you know, I'm going to buy an NBA franchise. I'll keep it in Sacramento. I'll hold the city over a barrel. We'll build a <laughs> we'll build a new arena. We'll keep him in Sacramento. And all the Kings fans are like, hooray! And then they smash cut to now and they're like, ah, probably would have just saved us a lot of hassle <laughs> if they had a move. Um, but it, talk about shining a light. So in the washout of all of the uh, Luke Walton being fired, replaced by Alvin Gentry, yeah, 11 coaches in 15 years. And Luke Walton, who went 68 and 93... So 68 wins, 93 losses. That's more losses than wins in uh, two and a bit seasons as the coach of the Kings. That still makes him the second best coach in Kings history. What? That is absolutely remarkable. In terms of winning percentage, nobody touches Rick Adelman. Basically, 
the guy who you know oversaw the easily the most successful bit of uh, Sacramento Kings history. So he went three hundred ninety-five and two hundred twenty-nine. Everybody else: Reggie Theus, Phil Johnson, Gary St. John, Eric Musselman, Dave Yeager, George Carl, Mike. Call me Michael Malone. None got higher than forty-one and a half percent of a winning percentage. So point one four one five. So Luke Walton's actually ahead of literally everybody else, bar Rick Adelman. Absolutely incredible. Uh, so we'll talk about them, obviously, a little bit later in weekend winners and losers, but jeez. The biggest question now is, like, what is that going to change? <laughs> it's like they weren't playing defense. Well, do you think they're going to play defense under bloody Alvin Gentry? Whose entire track record, taking charge of his sixth NBA team, BT does, at no point have any of his teams played any bloody defense. So best of luck with that. Uh, Nikola Jokic, hello. Out with a wrist. Uh, sat both games over the weekend for the Nuggets. They lost both. Uh, but it did feel like um, it's not a long-term thing according to uh, Mike Malone. So that's kind of nice. What is a long-term thing? Colin the Sex Man Sexton. Ah, God damn it. Done for the season with his MCL tear. So had been sort of waiting on an update to do with uh, the Sex Man. Colin Sexton got an MRI after being held out basically a week and a bit ago. And then they finally sort of went, right, it is an MCL tear. That's his season done. He'll have to undergo surgery. Because it did sort of seem like they were like, well, maybe you can get around not having surgery, maybe back this season. Nope. Colin the Sex Man Sexton gone. Dunsky for the year. That stinks because, look, I'll talk about the Cavs later, but damn. One of the great surprise packets so far this season. You figured that, like, Sex Man and... Uh, Darius Judy Garland would uh, carve out roles for each other. A bit older, a bit wiser, looking pretty good so far. You've got the big men combo. You've got Mobley. You've got go the fro Jared Allen. And then the sex man goes out. You're like, God damn. Cleveland just can't have nice things. Cleveland! No. Uh, Diddy! Diddy done done it! Diddy! Diddy do it? Yes, Diddy did do it. Uh, Diddy Lazada. Spent 25 games for violating the uh, anti-drug program. Uh, tested positive for Drosten alone. <laughs> and testosterone. I know that one. Uh, I do love this, though, because he described the source of unknowingly ingesting the bad banned substances as an off-season trip back to Brazil in consultation with a nutritionist who was recommended to him. What is going on in Brazil? It just keeps happening. But either way, I mean, look, he goes out, hangs out with a the nutritionist. They take these vitamins, these supplements. I mean, we've also heard the stories of, like, Leandro Barbosa... The Brazilian blur, like, basically recommending shit to, like, teammates. And the teammates going, I don't know what the fuck that's about. <laughs> what are you doing, Leandro? And here we go. Diddy done done it. So, did he do it? It looks like he did it. Uh, I would never knowingly take anything that violates NBA rules. I accept my responsibility in this situation. I deeply regret that this happened. I apologize to my team, my teammates, and the Pelicans fans for this mistake. Ah, Diddy. That stinks. But, look. Hopefully he'll be back and he'll be okay soon. 25 games, though. It's a big whack of time without pay as well. Clay Thompson, after a couple of, uh, you know, scrimmages and whatnot this week, the Warriors are like basically like, I think he's okay. Full participant at the Warriors practices. So they reckon he'll be back within a week of Christmas, a.k.a. Uh, when we've been told that we need to have him back in our lineup for the Christmas Day games. <laughs> But I can't imagine that, like, for Clay, two years off, so does the knee, does the Achilles a year later, uh, for him to come back, it's just going to be baby, baby, baby steps. So you do have in the back of your mind, it's like, oh, it's just Clay, man. He just sort of runs around screens and nails threes. Yeah, but that's also running. 
<laughs> he's done a knee and he's done an Achilles. So, look, I just want him back uh, and healthy and to stay that way because love me some Clay Thompson. Speaking of injuries, Michael Porter Jr., uh, the nerve issue that he's dealing with in his back apparently could uh, reportedly jeopardize his season. So the Denver Post had an article about this talking about um, the sort of almost mysterious aspect of it and uh, the treatment that's ongoing. Hopefully he'll be back soon, but jeez. If it gets any worse, who knows what's going on. We know that MPJ did have like an injury cloud around him coming into the draft, and that's why he slipped all the way to 14 to the Nuggets. And why we had sort of seen him just like light it up, and it's like, oh, geez, everybody's made a horrible mistake in the draft not taking him. It's like, well, you know, the injury history, here we are. Uh, but still, look, I'm just not entirely sure. Like, you never know with nerve stuff, and you never fuck with back stuff. So get right. Get ready. Come back, MPJ. We'll be happy. Ben Simmons! Uh, some fun stuff. Uh, the Philly, Philly Voice, uh, basically talking about the report that we were, you know, discussing on Friday's show about Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant, and the other 30-odd players in the NBA that the Sixers are happy to trade for him. Uh, apparently, they're not interested in Jeremy Grant. We sort of talked about that as well, right? Because... Talk about positional redundancy when you've got Tobias Harris and Jeremy Jeremiah Grant. But either way, apparently there's not much of a discussion to be had unless the Pistons unexpectedly decided to throw Cade Cunningham, that's right, this year's number one pick, into the trade discussions. And I don't know about you, but I can't see the Pistons doing that. (laughs) Oh, but it's fair, man. It's like a number one pick for a number one pick. Yeah, but one of the number one picks has just gone off uh, off the reservation with his team told him to go <laughs> blow it out their ass and uh, is uh, not, you know, hanging out with the team at all and keeps getting fined. But the other one took on Anthony Davis today. So here we are. But either way, look, the Simmons thing, it's always going to be tricky. It's going to be murky. And when you hear something like this, even like Philly Voice, Kyle Newbeck and Co. love those dudes, you know, just becomes another sort of shot across the bow and the he said, she said, she said. So looking forward to an athletic piece this week from Shams talking about Simo and the repercussions of all this on him. Just a heads up. All right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Game raps. Right. A lot of games on the weekend. A lot of games. Nine games this day. Charlotte snuck by Indy, thanks to a big game from Lomelo. 121-118. Big win for Charlotte. They needed that. And kept their win streak rolling. It fell apart. Later that weekend, but still. Golden State snuck by Detroit, 105-102. Classic uh, on the road. Getting to the end of our tether. We're playing a bad team. Just enough to get over the line. The Lakers! The Lakers! The Lakers stink! Lost in Boston, 130-108. Tatum went off. Big turnaround for the uh, Celtics as well. Because the Lakers were in control of this early. Uh, LeBron James came back for this. And uh, it was an interesting sort of mix again to sort of see the Westbrook AD show, uh, you know, now have to incorporate LeBron again. And, God, they look so much better. But then Boston just turned on the Jets and never looked back. Anyway, Brooklyn, speaking of sneaking by teams, they snuck by Orlando 115-113. Sort of predicted this on Friday's show. Knew it was going to be a bit tough. But James Harden stepped up big time. He had 36-10-8, uh, crushed it, got to the free throw line about a million times. But not... Really, necessarily the way you'd expect. He was actually sort of just almost in like the flow of the game, which is really good for Brooklyn. Milwaukee, another sneaky game. 
that they just got by. 96-89, they beat OKC. Josh Giddy smashed it, though. We'll talk about him later. The Clippers, they lost their trap game to the New Orleans Pelicans. That's right. The Pelicans, 94-81, winners over the Clippers. They got absolutely tough. My name is Jonas Valanciunas. Out there with 26-13, and 13, Spindles, Ingram, and Josh fucking hot. Absolutely crushed it. New Orleans got a big win. Uh, Chicago beat Denver. Levine versus Gordon, just like the dunk comp. This was awesome. Aaron Gordon just sees red every time he sees Adam Levine. Adam, <laughs> Zachy Cakes Levine. There you go. Let's <laughs> call him Adam Levine now. Um, but they played, you know, this is the classic dunk comp. Uh, basically the back and forth where they're just like, well, I'm the best dunker. Nah, man, I'm the best dunk comper. Two of the greatest modern-day dunk comps around Adam Zachy Cakes Levine there and uh, Aaron Gordon, and they went hammer and tongs in this game too. But Levine and the Bulls get the last half, 114-108. Denver just couldn't quite keep up. Dallas, no go for Luka in this one. Phoenix beat them 112-104, and Toronto, 108. They beat the Kings, 89. Straw, Camel, back. Walton, the rumblings were there, and then they really hit a uh, high pitch a day or two later. Uh, the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City on Sunday snuck by the Houston Rockets, 106-99. Indy bounced back from that loss against Charlotte the day before to beat the Pelicans, 111-94. Miami blew a really, really winnable game against Washington, 100-103. The Wizards just pulled it out. Big threes late, huge game. Atlanta. They took care of Charlotte on a back-to-back, 115-105. Good win for the Hawks. Uh, Boston, speaking of uh, trap games again, uh, just snuck by OKC, 111-105. Tatum was all fired up again. That was a fun one for OKC. Made it a bit interesting, obviously. They only lose by six in the end. Milwaukee, they beat Orlando, 117-108. And you had one of the biggest, most shocking, weird results this year. Minnesota. Beat the Memphis Grizzlies by 43 points. 138-95. What is going on? Portland, Dame is alive and well. They beat Philly 118-111 and Utah. This was it. Spew game. That's right. The man sitting courtside who just decided to blow chunks on the court. We're going to talk about this in a second, but damn. 123 Utah on that 105 Sacramento and that was the last time Luke Walton coached the Kings. Today, the Clippers snuck by Dallas 97-91. The Extreme Zingamil was out there crushing it again, though. The Extreme Zingamil. Uh, the Clippers had all the answers, though. Paul George put uh, Dwight Powell in a body bag. Uh, the Lakers. Now, this is the LeBron fight game. Malice in the Palace 2.0. Uh, Lakers fans, after they could hear them in the crowd all game, but they were very quiet. And then... LeBron decided to throw his elbow right into Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart's face. Isaiah Stewart did not appreciate that elbow and decided to take umbrage with one uh, LeBron James. Uh, So they were down 17, were the Lakers, and came flying back. Rusty just dropped like 11 points in the first half of the fourth quarter out of nowhere. No LeBron. The Lakers turn it on. The Pistons didn't score a field goal for the first six minutes of the uh, fourth quarter. And the Lakers just ran over the top of them and win it, 121-116. There was nothing, like, it's going to pop up in a second, but there was, like, one completely indicative, like, run of play where Anthony Davis just went, okay, you guys aren't scoring on this end. Like, this this set of plays, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. 
you're just not going to score. I'm going to stop you. Sucked in, dickheads. And that's how it went. But either way, Beef Stew taking umbrage with LeBron, uh, giving everybody on his team the, no, nah, no, nah, I'm cool, I'm cool. I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him, and then run after him again. Amazing stuff. Ah, it had everything. Russell Westbrook fronting up and going, oh, I'll fight him. And LeBron going, I don't want any fucking part of this. The best part was, like, his teammates crowding around LeBron with the most fucking defense they'd played all game up to that point, and then they decided to keep it going and uh, lay the smack down on Detroit. So tough one for the Pistons. Massive turnaround win for the Lakers. They needed that too. The Knicks, they lost in a pretty tough fashion to Chicago. They had the going of this game, and uh, Chicago just outlasted them, 109-103. Tell you what, Dim DeRozan there, pretty handy. Uh, Phoenix, they beat the pants off of Denver, 126-197. And Golden State pretty easily handled Toronto in 119-104. Righto, let's do some weekend winners and some weekend or losers. Oh, my God. I won! I won! Ah! <laughs> <clears throat> Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is... Me. me. Kent Brockman. <clears throat> Can we get a shot of me? There you go. There you go. In other news, uh, tragic mix-up today in Cleveland. Many people killed. Uh, Goodbye. All right, let's do it. Weekend winners, the Suns. The Phoenix Suns, they are the hottest team in the NBA. Oh, it's the Suns, bro. Do you get it? Oh, it's a good one. Uh, not only did they turn around against Dallas in that fourth quarter, or was that back on Saturday? Uh, but a hu- which was a huge win, really, because I think I mentioned that in the preview on Friday. It's like one of those things where, without Luca, we had seen Hardaway, Brunson, and the Extreme Zinger Meal uh, sort of crack it up. The Extreme Zinger Meal. Go hard. And the Suns, like, this is why they're weekend winners, because they stepped up. And they didn't slip. Other teams would be like, ah, well, they don't have Luka, man. We'll be fine. Not the Suns. Not CP3. And then they go and shit pump the Nuggets by 29 for their 12th straight win. 12! They were 1-3. and three. They're now 13-3. and three. <laughs> That's insane. And it's, I think the craziest part about it, if you watch the Suns, it's not like on the back of Devin Booker going fucking mental and going completely ham on everybody and dropping 30 a night. Like, he's averaging about basically 22 points. He's shooting it pretty well, but nothing absolutely crazy. It's just that they're doing everything across the board and everybody's doing their job. DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges, CP3, they're just doing enough game in, game out and doing what they need to do to win. The defense is on song. The offense, CP3 is just basically fucking conducting an orchestra every game. And like the bench is also in the exact same vibe, like game to game. The Cams, Payne and Johnson, Sham, Wow. They're doing little bits here and there. One game they might be off, but the other dudes will step up. And then when it actually clicks, you see what happens today. They absolutely fucking destroy Nate the Nuggets. And you're like, yeah, they're a good team. That's incredible. That's how you win 12 games straight, by being really bloody good. But I think that uh, resilience in the face of adversity is just wildly impressive, especially early on, like where it looked one and three, you're like, oh, jeez, what's going on with the Suns? And to do this without Booker, just wanting to go out there and drop 70, <laughs> like that's huge. So the Suns, they are for real. Luke Walton, he's a weekend winner. Oh, but Jimmy, he got shit canned, bro. Yes, he got fired from Sacramento. He'll be okay. <laughs> he now doesn't have to live in Sacramento. 
Uh, Four-year contract, probably about, what, 11 million bucks left on that. So I think Luke Walton's going to be all right. Oh, man. But um, just in terms of, like, him ever getting another job, so we go from uh, beloved Warriors assistant who takes over from Steve Kerr for a chunk of time, wins a bunch of games, sweet as, right? Gets the job at the Lakers, doesn't get along with LeBron, gets shit can. They bring in Vogues. Walton wanders up to California, you know, further up north in California, goes to Sacramento. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to spend my entire life in Cali. Like, that's just what I'm going to do. So next up, I guess he's going to coach the Clippers. Like, what do you reckon? Jesus. I don't know. Maybe go, like, be an assistant coach on the Niners? The 49ers? The Rams? I don't know. Maybe one of the... I feel like Luke Walton's got a bit of an NHL vibe about him. What do you reckon on the Kings? San Jose Sharks? Anyway, Luke Walton, he's a winner, getting a bunch of money, and doesn't have to coach the Kings. That's a win. Beast Stew! Isaiah Stewart, I love it! I love, because he forever... Not only does he not actually start Malice in the Palace 2... Uh, the next generation, he will forever have the awesome picture of him blood streaming down his face going, I'm a fucking killer brown. He's like, that's awesome. But then pulling the old, nah, nah, fellas, I'm good, I'm good, I'm over it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you! Like, and just like charging off again. And then the running into the tunnel. Him like being dragged off by like all the security and stuff. And he's like, oh man, I still want to go and get LeBron. And he's got like six dudes hanging off him. And he's like, nah, it's all right, fellas, we're going out the back. I'm off again, oh, guys! <laughs> and he runs off into the tunnel. And if you've ever... Be- Look, tunnels in the NBA arenas, they all basically connect. Uh, you know, you have like a sort of circular bit that runs around the length of the arena. It all pretty much matches up, uh, you know, locker rooms, etc. And Beef Stew was like, hang on a second, I reckon I can get to LeBron the long way. Let's fucking go. So the Lakers are all like hang- like meerkats all of a sudden, like popping up going, fuck, where'd he go? Fuck, where did I say? Oh, shit, we're going to watch out. It's like meerkats watching out for a goddamn jackal or something. Uh, can you tell I've been reading Meerkat Manor with the with the squid? We saw the meerkats at the zoo last week. You fucking loved them. Fucking meerkats, Dad. These are sick. I'm like, they're African, like, rats. <laughs> nah, I love meerkats. Uh, they're basically weird um, mongooses. But anyway, uh, Beef Stew, I love that he his biggest contribution in the NBA, basically, at the moment, is... Now trying to fight LeBron, which is gnarly. Cade Cunningham as well. He's a bit of a weekend winner. Uh, third rookie in Pistons history to have a triple-double. Also becomes the youngest in Pistons history to have it today. He did have a bit of... Look, the shooting wasn't there. <laughs> I'll tell you that much for his uh, triple-double today. But this is kind of like the Cade Cunningham we were promised. Like He's got a little bit of size. He's got a bit of the shooting. He's got the playmaking. And he gave us a bit of the old Jason Kidd triple-double today. So he goes 13 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. He did shoot 6 of 21 and 1 of 9 from downtown, but we're not going to hold it against him. Just saying. Good on you, Kay Cunningham. That was pretty gnarly. Kyra Lewis Jr. Jimmy, are you really putting a Pelicans on the weekend winners? Yeah, I mean, there's a great story that sort of came out of their win over the Clippers. He'd been sat for three games prior to this because uh, Willie Green didn't like his uh, efforts, didn't like his attitude. So he sat him down and then played him in that Clips game, and Kyra Lewis has uh, apparently learnt his lesson and gone, fuck, all right, I better take this seriously. Chucked in 16, and it was like actually a massive difference in that game. I'm watching it going, I don't really want to be watching this, but he's awesome. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. The Nets are weekend winners. All the noise is happening everywhere else at the moment, and they're just sort of very quietly getting hardened into shape, 
KD might still win the fucking MVP. And don't look now, but they're equal first in the East. So, yeah, not a bad weekend. And talk about trap games. Like, every time I think I saw the Nets play Orlando, when we lived in New York, it was just like, oh, fuck, here we go. Vooch is going to kill them, and they'll somehow shit the bed. And without fail, they did. <clears throat> Kevin Durant, however, doesn't tend to let that happen. James Harden just goes off, and off go the Brooklyn Nets, and they're now 12-5, and five, tied with the Bulls on the top, and sort of chilling. So they snuck out that win against the Cavs earlier last week. After losing that big sort of uh, big ticket game against the Warriors, uh, they did have just a couple of nice little uh, sort of settlers. Like KD didn't play the Magic, and Harden sort of just went off, and they got the win. And it's like that's kind of why you have that built-in get two superstars. So if you need to rest one against Orlando, the other one might be able to eke you out a win, and that's what happened. The Wolves are weekend winners. Big statement win over the Grizz. 43-point win. That's huge. It's the biggest this year, I think. Ant-Man nails all five threes in the first quarter for him. That was awesome. But just look, in terms of the Wolves, you know I shit on them all the time on this here program. It's just because I want to see them succeed. I want the best for you, Wolves. I really do. Uh, Cat, Ant, and D'Lo, they've clicked in the last couple of games. They beat the, what, uh, Spurs before the Grizz and the Kings before that. The tricky part is, like, those are teams that are all at the Minnesota level, in the standings at least, if not metaphysically. (laughs) And they did take care of business. The big step up is you beat the Grizzlies. They're above you. This is good. Is it all trending the right way? Let's find out. Because it was one of those things where Ant-Man's shot selection was a bit wonky and sometimes and the last couple of games he's looked really fucking good. It seems like he and D'Lo and Cat are just sort of getting it. Look, and this is it. They bring in Malik Beasley um, along with, you know, you've got your D'Lo, your Cat and your Ant. And just trying to make all that work is obviously going to be a bit of work, and that's exactly where they've gotten to. So a couple of wins. Good job for the Wolves. Weekend winners. Portland, because Dame is back. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm back. Um, And it was pretty funny. So until, what, they played the Lakers, Dame was just shit. 18 points a game, 44% true shooting. Since playing the Lakers, it's the get-right game, the get-right Lakers. He's been averaging 26 a game on 59% shooting. So, not bloody bad, bro. Not bloody bad. But yeah, Dame having turned a bit of a corner. Bit of a relief if you're a Portland fan. You'd be like, oh, he's maybe not tanking his way out of town right now. But he was awesome in that Sixers game. Nailed five threes, had 39. He's going to pop up again in a second, but either way. Uh, Who else? Boston. Two big wins over the weekend. They right the ship after that Atlanta loss last week. They smoke the Lakers and they squeak past OKC. But Tatum, the biggest thing is that Tatum has found his shot. He's rediscovered it. Talk about the get-right Lakers. Here we go again. It's like playing the Grizzlies. How's your uh, offense going? Is it spluttering? We'll we'll put it up against the Memphis D and we'll see how we go. But Tatum in his, uh, you know, Lakers audition basically went ham and then capped it again by doing it again on, on OKC. And it was just a really, really good weekend because... The Boston defense in those couple of games took a bit of a step up, but the offense is really quick. Schroeder's found his shot. Smart was actually hitting things again. And uh, Tatum, when he's the big dog and actually doing like that and dropping 33 on your head, God, it makes everything a bit easier for you, Boston. Chicago! 10 points in the fourth quarter today for Kobe. Kobe White, love that. But uh, they needed it too. They needed that extra little kick from him against the Knicks. So they beat the Knicks at home. 
Um, but we mentioned this on last week's show, talking about the Voochless road trip. And they end up going 3-2 and two on that road trip where they play the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, Portland, um, basically a bunch of the West Coast teams, Denver as well, I guess, in there. They come home, still no Vooch. They take care of the Knicks today. They're now 12-5, and five, still top of the East after that wildly torrid run. And they're cruising. Like, this is a team that's starting Tony Bradley at centre and basically playing a shit ton of their time as a small ball team, which is awesome. Because Caruso is just out there, like, guarding Julius, like, Randall. And, like, everyone's like, oh, Randall's going to tell him. And then Caruso is just like, oh, is he? <laughs> Which is awesome. So Chicago, they take care of the Knicks today. 12-5, and five, looking good. Told you. What did I say? I said, don't panic, Bulls fans. If you lose some games this week, you don't have Vooch. You're on a West Coast road trip. They went 3-2, and two, then turned around and beat the Knicks at home as well. So good on them. Handy. Because the Knicks were like, all right, we're out here. We're trying to get a scalp. We'll go to Chicago. We'll beat them. Nope. Good job, Bulls. And the Warriors, last one. They just rolled through this weekend like it won't no thanks. Snuck out a win over Detroit on Friday. Then they roll through the Raps, 15-2. and two. Best team in the NBA right now. They look unreal. They're crushing it. I mean, Steph's insane. Like, today, it didn't even need Steph, and they still kicked the shit out of Toronto. Like, it was Jordan Poole doing all the damage. Steph had a shit one. He went 2 of 10. Like, it was not the Steph game. It was the Wigo and Poole game. Even Otto Porter hit five threes. <laughs> like, what? That's insane. And the Warriors are going to be so stoked that it doesn't all revolve around Steph. So good job there. All right, weekend losers. We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Loser. Losers. Losers. Sacramento. What a few years this has been. So drafting Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell. All point guards. Yeah, that seems smart. Drafting Bagley over Luka. That's gone great. Uh, they shit Bagley off to the point where he can't play, and they don't know how to use him at all. So he's just not playing. Uh, you've still got Buddy Heald. You've still got Harrison Barnes. You've tried to trade them, but you haven't had the balls to actually trade them and get your team better, or maybe build something and you let Bogdan Bogdanovich go for nothing because that was a smart thing you paid Rondo you've paid Tristan Thompson you brought in Alex Len behind Rashawn like re-signing Rashawn Holmes might have been the smartest thing they've done they've paid Darren Fox when they've already got a bunch of other point guards on this roster and he like we don't know if he's the best of them but hey whatever they go fuck it I'm the boss let's fire the coach fuck him off you go this is insane, though. The Kings, they didn't have a winning record for the first 13 years in Sacramento. 13 years they didn't have a winning record. Then they have seven straight winning seasons when they're fucking awesome, right? you got the Rick Adelman years. They crush it. Chris Webber, Paya, Vlade. Off they go. And then that stops. And then it's been 15 years when they haven't had a winning record and haven't made the playoffs. That is absolutely fucking bonkers. They're actually probably the most consistent team in the NBA. We're bad, we're good, we're bad. And that's fucking 30 years. <laughs> Just gone. Unbelievable. Ugh. But anyway, the Kings, what a shit show it is. Look, if they had any stones, they'd just pull the fucking pin and uh, trade for Ben Simmons, just do the bloody thing, you know? But 
there just seems to be like this weird reticence towards behind the scenes here for stuff like at least they fired Vlade, who's like made all these huge big missteps in like trading draft picks to create cap space to sign, you know, sign Rondo and stuff, like just doing all this sort of dumb shit. Stauskas? 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 The list just goes on and on in Sacramento. And what are they going to do now? <laughs> just what are they going to do? Is Alvin Gentry the answer? No, they're talking about Doug Christie. Doug Christie was on their fucking commentary team. Like, what a world. What a world. And, I mean, good on him for, like, Doug Christie sort of turning into a bit of a, uh, you know, weird sort of coach dude. Um, like, the weird assistant coach thing. But he's in his first year, and they're like, oh, well, maybe he could be a good one. And you're like, well, you saw Chauncey Billups just take over and without coaching experience, really. But he was sort of hanging out with the Clippers and doing a bunch of stuff. And now it's kind of like... All right, Doug Christie, sure. <laughs> Whatever, Kings. The Nuggets, a weekend losers beat down today against Phoenix. Uh, four straight they've dropped. Joker's missed the last two. MPJ might be done for the season. Who knows? It's brutal. But, of course, look, you put the Nuggets on the losers list. Joker comes back this week. Averages 30, 10, and 10, and I look like an idiot. So, look, I think the Nuggets will be fine in the short term as long as Joker comes back and his wrist is okay. If it's not... Well, that's uh, shit creek, and we may as well just uh, pack her up, boys. But either way, same goes for the Mavs uh, without Luke. Look, at least the upside for them is that the Supercharged Zingerberg is back. Supercharged Zingerberger. Uh, and without Luca, you kind of like, that's kind of nice. You just got to keep that up. They've dropped three in a row, though, without, um, well, they've not had Luca those last couple. And look, that's maybe not so bad if it just sort of prompts a bunch more extreme Zinger meals out there into the universe. Extreme Zinger meal. Because if he gets more involved and gets into a bit of a groove, like, that's probably a good thing. The problem is it seems like every time that's happened, then Luca will come back and it just doesn't mesh that well. So hopefully this time it actually continues on at a pace and, like, his efficiency sort of sticks up there. And, yeah, maybe. We'll see how we go. But either way, the Mavs, a bit of a rough little stretch. The Cavs, same vibe. No Mobley for a little bit longer. The Sex Man's officially out for the year. They're 9-8, and eight, but they've lost three on the trot. Looking a bit dire. Uh, Darius, Judy Garland. Look, at least Jedi, the Jedi. Osman was looking pretty good. Go the throw, Jared Allen. They just need to get healthy. Hope that Rubio can sort of, you know, step into that role as their uh, next to Garland uh, and sort of, you know, fill a bit of the void from sex, man. But, jeez, otherwise. The Clippers, they beat the Mavs, but they also still lost to the Pelicans. Come on. What are we doing here? Blew a 20-point lead against the Pels. They scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but they also lost Frenchy Batum. Uh-huh. And Nick Batum, I stole money from Charlotte, and now I have the COVID. COVID health and safety protocols for Frenchy Batum. Hopefully he's all right, but geez, rough one. Uh, but this is also annoying because the Clippers are really like tough to get a read on, right? Like, Reg- when Reggie Jackson scores 20, Reggie Jackson scores 20, they win. Like They're 7-0 and when he's dropped 20 since November, the start of November. Otherwise, though, you just have no idea what's going to happen the rest of the time, right? The Clippers, they're just infuriating where they're 10 and 7 and you sort of think back to some of their wins you're like wow they were really good in that one like they kicked the shit out of the spurs they beat the pants over the wolves they killed the heat at home they beat the trailblazers they're looking good but you just don't know (laughs) so good on your clippers 
But either way, look, they beat the Mavs today. They needed that. But losing the Pelicans, you are a loser. The Sixers. Oh, jeez. That was look. Maxi was awesome in that game against the Trailblazers. Love that. But you see the limitations of Tobias Harris, Rit fucking large without Embiid. So as soon as they get Embiid back, hopefully he's uh, you know recovering rapidly from uh, copping COVID, and I hope he's okay. But jeez, the Sixers could use him back very, very quickly because this is what happens. You sign Andre Drummond. You think, it's fine. We've got Andre Drummond. Then you realize you've got Andre Drummond, and coincidentally, you keep losing games? Question mark? What could be going on? The Knickerbockers of New York City. Oh, geez. Now they've got rumbles of, like, top players on their team, not happy with the way their offense is going, and it's like, no shit! Because Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker can't hit a fucking shot. And then RJ Barrett will have like a good week and then fall off a fucking cliff again. D-Rose can't get any calls when he's driving to the basket. Emmanuel quickly is getting fucking handed the ball by Julius Randle just as the time is expiring, nailing threes. But because Randle fucked around so much, the shot clock has expired. (laughs) Just crazy stuff, man. The Knicks, I mean, I sort of promised I wouldn't revel in the eventual fall because Knicks fans were so fucking hype on Kemba and Fournier without ever actually having seemingly watched Kemba or Evan Fournier play in the last four years, going, oh, well, the first time they play defense for you guys, well, that'll be the first time they've played defense for a very long time. So it's tricky. Meanwhile, Kevin Knox is just, like, hanging out on the bench. (laughs) Obi Toppin, look, he looked like he sort of got hurt as well. Um, Just hope that he's all right. But, look, anyway, the Knicks are just a bit of a mess. Tibbs... He's a grinder. I'm not convinced Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier are grinders. You know? And this is like the risk that they took. It's like, we'll try to jump up the offense under Tibbs with a couple of older dudes, some vets. We'll bring in some vets to go around Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. It hasn't worked so far, but it's not all lost. It's only 9-8. and eight. They'll be okay. They just need to fix it. Anthony Davis. Oh, man, it was uncalled for what Beef Stew did to LeBron. Did you see what fucking LeBron did? He nearly broke his orbital bone. Shut up, Anthony. Yes, we know that your checks are fucking signed by LeBron Anthony Davis, but that's some suckhole vibes to the absolute max. Uh, He's also a winner, though, because had they actually lost that Detroit game after LeBron gets tossed, then again, the AD is a fraud chance. Just get louder. So they're very lucky that uh, he came out of that as a winner. But then the biggest weekend loser is Puke Fan. Who's Puke Fan, Jimmy? Puke fan is my absolute favorite thing from the weekend. It was a punter at the Kings game who personified every Kings fan and just fucking ralphed all over the joint. Just sitting courtside, he's having a bit of a smile, and then just fucking bang! Spewed so much just there, courtside, in the middle of the fucking court. Like, and they had to stop the game for like 20 minutes while they cleaned it up. They had to evacuate like the Utah Jazz bench because of the smell and just how fucked it was. And like all the other people sitting near him are just like, what the fuck? No! And I don't know, like if you've ever been to a game, like any sporting thing, and there's always that one fucking really super drunk moron sometimes. You're like, oh, God. Just turns out that guy was actually courtside and actually spewed. (laughs) It was incredible. Just fucking let loose. I love it. Even security, like all the people like, ah, fucking what? And he got escorted out. I can imagine that they won't let him sit courtside again. 
But, uh, yeah, havoc-causing puke fan chundering onto the court where even Rudy Gobert's this stuff will that way. It's just like, what the fuck was that, man? Having a bit of a smile. Everyone's just, like, standing around not knowing what to do. The Jazz are just sort of milling around going, what the fuck, man? What is going on in Sacramento? And every Sacramento King fan is like, well, that pretty much sums up the entire Luke Walton experience. All right, let's do an NBA Australia pre-performance of the weekend. <laughs> Knife. That's a knife. Uh, Dame Lillard. Oh, yeah, I guess you could say I'm back. Uh, that's the Dame we all know and love, isn't it? Season high 39. Shot 10 and 21. Goes 5 of 13 from downtown. But 14 of 14 from the free throw line. And that's kind of the thing. It's like one of those you know, barometers of Dame's performance. If he's getting the line, just causing havoc. And uh, that's obviously like a massive, massive plus for the Blazers if Dame's going in the line, and he did. So, huge game. Giannis uh, against the Magic. He had 32 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. Oh, yeah, not bad. Good size. Jason Tatum, though, is going to be the NBA Australia pre-performer of the weekend because what a weekend. First, they dismantled the Lakers in the second half and on a back-to-back take care of an OKC team that uh, 100% was always going to be a sneak attack game. Which it was. So against the Lakers, Tatum goes for 37 and 11 with three steals. Shot 50% from the floor, 13 and 26, and 4 and 9 from downtown. Uh, so happy Lakers audition for Jason Tatum. But then against OKC, backed it up as well. He's 38, uh, 33 and 8 with five dimes. Goes 6 of 12 from downtown, as well as 11 and 22 overall. So look, his shot has gotten right, and he smashed it. And. That's exactly what Celtics fans were just begging for. It's like, can we just get Tatum going? We just need to see him score some points, man. And the free throws, look, improved a little bit. He got to the line a little bit. He won 7-7 against uh, the Lakers. And that's going to be the big thing, right? Can he keep forcing that? He went to the line seven times against OKC as well. And the uptick has been there, right? Like, that's, I think, uh, four straight games. He's gone 7-6-7-7. So... You want to see maybe a couple more, but at least it's trending in the right direction. But as long as the shot goes in, Tatum's looking good. Get some free throws. Away you go. Dame, Giannis, Tatum. There's your NBA Australia Pro Performances of the Weekend. And Tatum, the NBA Australia Performer of the Weekend. Who was Spud of the Night, though? Spud, 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 Frankie Nidalekina, okay, aka old timey Frankie Smokes, 0 of 7 in that loss to Phoenix uh, for the Mavs. Good job there, Frankie Smokes. 0 of 7, 0 of 4 from downtown. Wendell in the loss to Brooklyn. Oh, oh, so close. You nearly beat the Nets without KD. He went 0 of 5. At one point and three turnovers. Thanks for coming, Wendell. THT is Dino, mate. He exploded against Boston to go 0 of 6. Blah, puke fan. Scotty Barnes, 1 of 8 against Sacramento. Same for Caruso against Denver. Rough one. Darius Rucker-Baisley, 2 of 11 against Boston. OKC, just like, oh, geez. Could have uh, hit a couple of those, Darius. What do you reckon? 0 of 3 from downtown. RJ Barrett, 2 of 12 against Chicago today. Absolutely. Br- he had 15 boards, though. And But there was, like, a couple of big shots late. Like a D-Rose drive. Kicks it to RJ. <gasps> Clank. Jeez. Hardaway the Lester as well. Same today. 2 of 12. Uh, he went 1 of 4 from downtown, at least. Uh, Gary Terrence Tarrant Derby Jr. 
3 of 16 shooting. 3 of 8 from downtown. Uh, and Will the Thrill, 4 of 15 and 0 of 4 from deep today against the Phoenix Suns. Wow, the uh, the spuds are really starting to sprout. You know, we started off the year with a bunch of big spud performances as people are getting used to the new balls. Now we're really getting in the nuts and guts of uh, the old spuds. You'd love to see it. Uh, who's old mate no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Spew guy. Quite literally, very clearly just had, like, no mates. His mates had very clearly been with him at some point and decided, nah, Nathan's fucked. I'm not going to sit next to him. I don't care that it's courtside. He's going to spew and I don't want to be there. But, I mean, he also copped the worst one right, did Spew Guy. Oh, the Spew fan. Because he's spewing, not only where people can see him, so it's not sneaky, it's just, it's not dubious, it's not a sneaky spew, it's not a private spew, it's probably one of the very most public spews you can do. You're courtside, you're in view of everyone, with no mates, you can't blame it on anybody else. It's just that you're fucked and you spewed everywhere. <laughs> that was incredible. Ah, uh, so he was definitely old mate, no mates. The people sitting near him just fucking belting it away from there because it was just horrible, horrible spew. All the players laughing at you. Ah, old mate, no mates. Ah, uh, Luke Walton in Sacramento as well. It was pretty funny to see. Like it got very loud in the last week from the Kings fans of like, yeah, Walton's fucked. This is nah, not going to work. And then boom, he was gone. So. There you go. Get that on the big jobs, though. Nice payout, however. Uh, who copped a panting of the weekend? Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Fatty, fatty, fat, fat. I talk about the Grizzlies' defense a lot, and uh, yeah, that's what happens. You go down 43 to the Wolves. That is an absolute team-wide panting. Like, there's no excuses... You got completely fucking pants by the Wolves. Uh, Paul George, I mentioned this one earlier, absolutely fucking put Dwight Powell into a coffin and then buried him. It was absolute fucking carnage. Like it was a Venom movie. Holy shit. And uh, Kay Cunningham, I alluded to this one earlier. So Kay Cunningham got AD in a pretty nifty one-on-one move. Uh, went over the top of him, actually. Like AD's all stretched out and Kay Cunningham sort of just... Kept his arm extended and managed to get the sort of uh, floater in off the glass. It was beautiful. I feel like Anthony Davis took that a little bit personally because he swallowed him up twice on one possession late that was basically just like a, A, welcome to the league rookie, and B, we're not fucking losing this game. Because he was out there on the perimeter with the number one pick, Anthony Davis, also a number one pick, but a big guy. He's like, I don't care. You're a point guard. I'm fucking awesome. Blocks his shot on the perimeter. Kay Cunningham gets the ball back, though. Has another crack. Drives. Anthony Davis goes, get the fuck out of here, little guy. Bang! Absolutely pants him on one possession, getting shot blocked twice by AD. Welcome to the league. Kay Cunningham, you just got pantsed. Definitely by one of the big kids. Better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Look, hey, Lonzo, not bad. I mean, what, 11, 6, and 5 today against the Knicks. 
in general has been very, very handy. But his little brother, oh, his little brother, Lamelo, was massive against Indy. He had 32, 11, and 8. Shot 12 of 22 and 4 of 9 from downtown. Bloody good. Uh, Jordan Poole had 33 points. Hit 8 threes against the Raptors, did Jordan Poole. Uh, this is the, uh, can we have Clay Thompson? We've got Clay Thompson at home. Clay Thompson at home is Jordan Poole. Uh, Tyrese Maxey against the Sixers as well. Look, you know that Tyrese Maxey's just going to pe- keep popping up on better than Lonzo Ball because I fucking love him. 28 points. Nine assists, shot nine of 17, one of four from downtown. Went to the line, almost matching Dame, right? Nine and nine free throws. He was awesome. Loved it. So Jordan Poole, Tyrese Maxey, Lamello, you were all better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, Dickhead of the Weekend. Dickhead of the Week! Ugh, LeBron. I hated this. Ugh. Because, look, if you play basketball, you know, you're trying to box out at a free throw. And... There can be inadvertent contact, but just when you watch the footage of LeBron battling with Isaiah Stewart, and AD kind of called this out, he's like, oh, we didn't want him to do that to LeBron all the time. So LeBron's very clearly reacting to Isaiah Stewart's pretty brutal boxing out, right? And LeBron very clearly (laughs) throws an incredibly fucking sharp elbow, which LeBron probably meant to cop him in the ribs on the arm, shoulder, whatever. Probably not in the face. That's fine. And LeBron's like, I didn't even mean, I didn't even see him here. What's going on? It's like, but you did fucking throw an elbow very, very hard. (laughs) And the dude's face was there and you drew blood. Like, come on. Like, just when you see the slow-mo of just like Stu's face just go, like it's a fucking Rocky movie or a Raging Bull or something. It's like, Jesus LeBron's not a small dude. Obviously, nor is Isaiah Stewart. But, yeah, LeBron's going to cop dick out of the weekend for uh, that thrown elbow. Because if that goes, like, I don't know, a little bit further across, that nose is just mashed. <laughs> but shit. Uh, and, yeah, like, he very clearly was, like, trying to make a uh, statement to Isaiah Stewart. Probably didn't mean to cop him in the head, though. He's not that much of a dickhead, but it was still a bit of a dickhead move to throw it back that fucking hard. Right. Let's do a bit of a, yeah, nah sesh. Right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Miss McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 Right, let's do some Yanars. These are brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East 9th Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, look, it's party time. Lockdown's over. I took a couple of slabs up with me to uh, Ballarat. Party time. Loved it. Either way, get some wines, get some cocktails, get some beeros, or whatever your tipple is, go check out thedailyliquor.com. Bring the bottle over to you. Don't risk getting the Rona. They'll bring it to your door, Rona free. Uh, as long as you're in the Melbourne metro area, and of course, over 18. You'll get same-day delivery if you order before noon, and they'll chuck in a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XPA if you use the code STRAYA. How good is that? The promo code STRAYA, free bonus sixer of the Dos X. You'll drink until the cows come home. God damn, you're an easy drinking beer. And you get a sixer on your mate, Jimmy. How good is that? So go check out thedailyliquor.com right now. Use that code STRAYA. 
You'll be laughing. Right, yeah, Nas. Uh, right off the bat, just one from me. Should Luke Walton have begotten the ass? Yeah, nah. Ugh. It's really tricky. I think I want to talk about this again in the uh, unpopular opinion of the day, so maybe I should have just saved that one. I'll revisit that in a second. I am Matty S. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, nah. The league should let the Sixers rip up Ben's contract. Create a precedent for players who want out. No play. No cash. Uh, yeah, nah. Ugh. It's tempting to think that way, right? But that's why you have collective bargaining. That's why you have a players' association. <laughs> and uh, that's why you can't do that. It is... I do like that Matty S has used the word precedent, though, there. Because this is definitely heading into unprecedented... Well, it's definitely unprecedented, right? Like, just... Nah. I just don't want to fucking play for you assholes. I hate you. You fucked me over. But I want you to keep paying me. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not mentally ready to play for you. Oh, you want to speak to a... You want me to speak to, like, a doctor about why I'm not mentally... Oh, go fuck yourselves. Wait, why are you finding me again? <laughs> I just love the idea. If you tried to work for fucking Safeway without a doctor certificate, they tell you to go get fucked. You're not getting paid. Bang. Done. Ben Simmons getting paid 33 million bucks this year. He's like, nah, I don't need a doctor certificate. I'm not mentally ready to play. I told you. All right. Okay, Ben. How about you chat to these doctors? Nah. Oh, do I have to? Yes. Yes, you do. Um, but in terms of like the no play, no cash... I think that's why the NBA has been so quiet on this entire thing, right? Like the NBA are more than happy to have the Sixers be their stalking horse to take um, take on player empowerment, player and agent empowerment, because we've seen it before, like, you know, Anthony Davis and stuff like that, and James Harden, obviously, like, where players might be like, well, you know, I don't want to play here anymore. Trade me, please. That'd be really good. And they kind of, you know shit kick around for a little bit, crack the sads, and then they get traded. Uh, but those dudes were actually also all-round superstars. <laughs> ben Simmons, an amazing defender, pretty good point guard, can't shoot, doesn't want to shoot, won't shoot, and is currently only shooting himself in the fucking foot and ruining any leverage of him actually getting fucking traded. That's why it's just a goddamn circle jerk of fuckheadedry. Um, but the no play, no cash thing, like the NBA are sitting there going, yeah, if the Sixers can pull this off and just trade him somewhere uh, and they're happy to do it and they've stood up to a player demanding a trade this, you know, with four years left on their contract, then that's good for us because the rookie extension, the maximum extension stuff that Ben Simmons went and signed, that's specifically de designed to keep players on teams that drafted them and pay them more for doing so. So Ben Simmons is getting paid more money than he would have if he'd opted out after his rookie contract and like gone and signed up with another team. Of course, he wouldn't have known that the Sixers would throw him under the bus after the Hawks series, but at the same time, he kind of deserved it. So here we are in this shitty spot. So with Matty S's question, yeah, nah, I mean, they can't rip up the contract, so I guess, nah. But I think... What Mattias says there, precedent and the league, that's the sort of sneaky actual messaging in here, right? The league is kind of happy for this to play out, happy for the Sixers to stand up to Ben, and that's what's going to happen. Righto, Brody Ewan, afternoon, Jimmy. Got a yeah, nah for the show. Is Alex Caruso just a better, quieter, more likable Pat Bev? Yeah, nah, I love this. 
Because this is a sneaky good one. Because like, I think you might argue in there that the key word is better. Because Pat Bev, look, he would have those moments. He'd show flashes. But it really did seem like a lot of uh, all bark, no bite for a lot of it. And his defensive acumen and his defensive impact, a lot of the time was pretty overrated. And what Brody's hit on here is like the better, quieter, more likable. Yeah, the quieter thing. Like Caruso's not out there going, I'm a fucking stopper. I am going and like literally barking at the moon like you'd see Pat Bev do on the odd occasion. Like Caruso just sort of gets it done. Like you saw it today playing against the uh, Knicks. He just sort of goes out there and stops dudes (laughs) and sort of does a little bit of everything. Like when the shot's not there, like... There's two flip sides to the Caruso thing. Like, when the shot's not falling, like, his impact is not limited. And, like, you'll see his box plus minus and all that sort of stuff still goes through the fucking roof, even though, like, in the last couple of games, his shot's been off. He went 3-9 and nine against Portland, 1-8 of eight against Denver, 2-7 of seven against the Knicks. But they nearly beat Portland at the end of a big road trip, and then they won those last two games anyway, so... He's having really, really big impacts elsewhere. He's rebounding the shit out of it. He's playing awesome D. But the other flip side is you saw how much the Lakers have struggled without him and how good the Bulls have been almost because of him. So this is a really, really great question by Brody because it's like he changes the Bulls' defense every time he's on the court. And on top of that, like Caruso, like the fact that they're playing more Caruso has really been the reason that they've survived this non-Vooch period, right? Like, they've gone small, and the reason they've been able to do that is that Caruso just switches between everybody, gives them the old clamps, and doesn't make a fucking big deal out of it like Pat Bev. So I'd say that, yeah, a better, more likable Pat Bev, better, quieter, more likable Pat Bev is a great comp. Good one, Brody. Uh, And another great one, Benny Watt. I'm still fucking losing my mind over this one. Got a year now for you. All-Star Weekend. Three-point comp, says Benny Watt. One end, USA players. Other end, international players. Two champions shoot off to be crowned world three-point champion. Yeah, nah. Fuck yes. I absolutely fuck with this so much. Because this is such a great idea. Because A, you've got in the inbuilt international rivalries on the non-US players' side, right? Just imagine that. You could have Luca, you could have KP, you got Patty Thrills, you've got Joker, and this is just a great way to incorporate all that weird rivalry. And then you can have that, so you got all the inbuilt international rivalries just between those dudes. B, you've then got the international rivalries and the eventual rivalries with the US players that then get to bleed over into the NBA games and World Cup or Olympic games. And then C, out of all this, you then get fucking bragging rights for days, for years. Three-point champion of the world. How good is that? I absolutely fucking love this idea because they have tried the world versus USA for the rookie sophomore games. It's always a bit wonky. They go smalls and bigs for like the skills comp. That's also a bit wonky. This, however, has the potential to basically go the three-point comp for probably the last, I don't know, six to ten years has been probably as good, if not better, than the dunk comp, probably more important. It's electric. What would make it more electric? Doubling it 
and having it go at the same time and throwing international fucking rivalries in there. How good is this? No more anti-Australian bias. We could have jingles. We could have Patty Thrills. We could have fucking Josh Kidd. Throw Ben Simmons on there. That'd make it fucking amazing. But the cool part was, just imagine the broadcast. You've got it going at each end. You could have it fucking simultaneous. It'd be frenetic. It'd be amazing. And it'd be so much fucking fun. Because think about it. you got them both going at one end. They go off with, what, five competitors... The top two can play off against each other. And then the final top two, the winner from each end, have to play off against each other. I think that would be fucking incredible. Benny Watt, you're a goddamn genius. I love it. Let's call Adam Silver. I'll get him on the old dog and bone and go, look, Adam, it's your uh, potential uh, VP of common sense with my six-figure salary, Jimmy. He's like, who? I'm like, shut up, Adam. We've got this idea. International three-point comp. And then explain it, blow his mind. Smash cut to millions of dollars. Everyone loving three pointers. Good job, Benny. We'll split the uh, game game check with you. Right, all right. Let's do some unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. 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 So to go further, uh, did did Luke Walton deserve to get the ass? Yeah, nah. <sighs> I kind of think like almost nah, like. The franchise is such a mess. I just don't know if firing another fucking coach is what's going to fix what ails you, you know? And shit-canning Luke Walton after two years that have been weird as fuck where you get the massive COVID interruption, then the bubble, and then, like, the shortened, condensed season where it's frenetic, it's crazy, and you've just, like, the front office keeps drafting you fucking point guards, and you're like, can I get... Just one more swing guy behind fucking Harrison Barnes that isn't Mo Harkless. What the fuck? And no, not Buddy Heald. You know, like the defense stinks and they've probably underachieved. So I get that part of it, but I'm interested to know what they could have done better with this roster. Because it's just, there's so much redundancy and all this sort of stuff. And as I mentioned earlier, how is Elvin Gentry going to be any fucking different? Like, how's he going to improve the defense? Is that going to happen? Is he going to be better prepared? Is this where it all falls down with Luke Walton? I don't know. And then you sort of go, well, what's their actual answer outside for another coach? Who's the sort of big name that they could bring in to fix it? And you kind of look around and go, I don't know who could really be there. Like Terry Stotts? <laughs> You're just like, what? I don't know, man. So I kind of feel like it's a bit... And I'm no fucking fan of Luke Walton, but I feel like he should have gotten probably the rest of this normal-ish season to see if he could turn it around. Because I don't see that anybody, like, changing it now changes the end result, maybe? Because maybe Luke Walton is a good coach. We saw him, like, you know, take control of the Warriors, kick some ass, take some names, but you give him a weird, shitty roster, and it's struggle town. It's like, yeah, but who else could have really done different? So, I don't know. It seems weird to be like advocating for Luke Walton, but here we are. What about our back takeouts, though, Jimmy? It's Monday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, yeah, that's right on the way back from Ballarat where you hit some sort of wombat or possum. I don't know, but we chucked it in the back of the ute, and here it is. Bush steaks only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is... LeBron James should be suspended 50 games for that violent attack on Isaiah Stewart. 
because he came very close to giving us the Malice in the Palace 2.0. And Adam Silver should do the right thing and throw the book at him. And he should get charged for assault only at our back. (laughs) I do love that, look, AD having to come out and go, hey, we all know that LeBron's not dirty. Oh, yeah? It's a pretty fucking hardly thrown elbow. I'm just saying. I am fascinated, though, to see what happens with Isaiah Stewart because you know that he's going to get suspended more than LeBron. And all Isaiah Stewart did was, like, arc up and, you know, cause a bit of havoc, which is pretty funny, but he didn't throw any punches or anything. He didn't make anybody bleed. But just watch. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break and be back with Australian Player Watch right after... This. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Bit of jingles. Uh, remember, go to Noble. Use the code STRAYER. You get 20% off getting smarter today with uh, Noble from your app store. Learn a bunch of new stuff from smart people. That's what Noble's all about. Oh, I love it. It's like Spotify, but for learning stuff. So go check out Noble. Uh, Australian Player Watch, Patty Thrills, Patty Mills. Another big one against Orlando. So what, he had uh, 29 against OKC, 21 against Cleveland. Uh, dropped 22 against Orlando. You know, without KD, didn't matter. Boom, two rebounds, three assists, a block and a steal for Patty Thrills. Shot 9 of 13 from the floor and 4 of 8 from downtown. You love to see it. Uh, Jingling Joe Ingles in that win over Sacramento, the old Chunder Bowl. Nine points, one rebound, three assists. He went three of six from the floor, all of which were threes. Had some jokes with his teammates about Chunder Man. You love to see that. Jingles also dunking on Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, obviously, no Ben Simmons. Aussie Matty T, though. He's back, baby. Woo! In that loss to Portland, uh, 21 minutes off the bench for uh, Matisse Tybal. Nine points, three of five from the floor, one of two from downtown. Love that one rebound, one steal, and one block. Good stuff. Uh, some good news about Josh Green got out there against the Suns for two minutes. He got an assist and a steal. He was a plus seven in two minutes in a game they lost by not bloody much. So just saying, good job, Josh Green. Uh, Josh Giddy, the other Josh, in that loss to Milwaukee, played his ass off. He had 14 points, 12 rebounds and four assists and shot 6-12 from the floor, 0-3 from deep. Uh, but then great shooting game against Boston. Goes off uh, for 15 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists and a steal. Shoots 5 of 13 from the floor, 4 of 6 of which were from downtown. Easily his best 3-point shooting night in the NBA. You love to see that on your gids. And uh, no uh, update on Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau yet. Uh, the Spurs didn't play this weekend at all, so hopefully he'll be back pretty soon. All right, let's do a very brief Andrew Gaze Grand Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Alright, the Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence this week goes to Chris Paul. It's one of those things, like we talk about LeBron, we talk about Chris Paul. Uh, this was sparked by Darren Williams, so one of my least favorite NBA players ever, having sat there and watched him play for years in Brooklyn, just shit up the place, stink it up with his horrible basketball playing, uh, shitty effort, um, very little dedication to his team, shit teammate kind of vibes. And then he's like, oh, I'm now a boxer. Anyway, but he came out on the weekend and was like, hey, man, it's fucking pretty gnarly to see Chris Paul still playing. Like, we were big rivals 
draft at the same time and he's still fucking playing and I'm like in char- I'm in celebrity boxing matches and everybody still fucking hates me. <laughs> but Chris Paul, uh, today again, tennis, 10 plus assists and zero turnovers. So since he came to the league in 05, he's done that 47 times. 10 plus assists, zero turnovers. 47. The next closest bloke is Jose Calderon, who's like, you know, on his ham farm, pig farm. Making nice hams. 21 times he did that. 15 times Steve Nash. 13 for Rondo. And CP3 is in the most such games since 1985. So the craziest part is, like, I talked about at length about the Suns earlier. He's got 38 assists to five turnovers in the last three games. That's how you just keep winning. He's just a machine. And I fucking love it. And um, he's out there just leading the NBA in assists. So Chris Paul, bit of excellence everywhere you look. All right, what about the Patty Mills Game Day Ball Game Day Twitter check-in? First off, there was a beautiful Joe Ingalls uh, post on Instagram. One, happy birthday, little guy. We are so lucky. Your smile, laugh, calmness, and cheekiness are so amazing to watch, and your appetite is like no other. You're the best big brother and sister. Always be there for you to help and protect you. Mum and Dad love you so much, buddy. We've got you back forever. Love heart emoji. Picture of their youngest squid. Jingles, what an absolute legend. Good dad. Legend everywhere, and a great tweeter, because Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson was like, hey man, anyone got any book suggestions? Jingles, on the old tweet machines goes, I'll bring the kids coloring books in tomorrow for you. Bam! You just got jingled. Love to see it. <laughs> and an absolute classic room jingles. Woo! All right, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thank you, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How was that weekend? Oh, I already mentioned it. Drunken. Jeez. Feeling all right now, you know. You'd hope so. It is Monday afternoon, but still. Uh, it was good times. Great memories. Love to see it. Hanging out with everybody. So, uh, for the picks, we went 14 of 23 over the weekend. Absolutely smashed it. So, we're back up to 139 of 244 picks for the season. So... Bloody good territories, if you ask me. Uh, tomorrow, we've got 10 games. We've got Brooklyn playing in Cleveland. Uh, there's seven and a half point favorites in the Nets. I'm going to take Brooklyn. I mentioned Cleveland there before. Just sort of reeling a little bit. They're just copping it from all sides. So even if they're healthy, I think it's just a little bit of a discombobulation going on. So I'll take the Nets. Charlotte, they go to Washington. Uh, the Wizards were feeling themselves a little bit last week, and then they sort of fell apart. But... Good win over the weekend, and I'm going to take Washington again here. Three and a half point favorites against Charlotte. I think the Wiz can do it. Uh, there's just like a weird amount of belief on that team at the moment. And Charlotte, look, they've been good. But, I mean, Washington, like, beat Miami. Like, that was awesome. And it came out of nowhere. They just sort of outstaunched them. You don't outstaunch Miami, but they did. Uh, I'll take the Wiz. Uh, 11 and a half point underdogs are okay seeing Atlanta. This is one of those classic... Uh, Pretty half-decent team versus a bad team. And the bad team are better than you think. That's OKC. Atlanta, probably underestimate them a little bit. So I'm going to take OKC plus 11.5. I mean, they just sort of sneak up on teams. You saw it against Boston. Same vibes. They just don't go away. So I'm going to take OKC plus 11.5. Same with Houston. They play Boston uh, in Boston. The Rockets are a bit of a rabble, but this is the sort of game where if Boston's D just sort of lets up a little bit, Houston will just get it close enough to make it annoying, and they'll cover. Chicago, their favorites against Indy tomorrow at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites. That's a bit of a tricky one, especially with the size on Indy, so I might have to go Indy here, plus three-and-a-half. Even if they don't win it, 
I think they make it very, very close. And Chicago might just eke it out, but I'll take the plus three and a half from Indy. Orlando, having just played Millie Walker, they do it again. And I'm going to take the Orlando Magic Men again, plus 12 and a half. Uh, they just sort of, they play hard, the Magic. They'll have one game out of every three or four or five where it's just like all falls apart, but the rest of the time, they're pretty in it. So I'll take uh, plus 12 and a half against Milwaukee. They'll lose, but they'll make it interesting. Minnesota, they take on New Orleans. They're one and a half point favorites on the road, which is crazy to think about with Minnesota, but that's how bad New Orleans are. They are the Pelicans. I'm going to take the Minnesota Timberwolves minus one and a half. I'm not entirely convinced anyone on New Orleans can stop literally anybody on Minnesota. <laughs> so I'll take the Wolves. Phoenix, they go to San Antonio. This is a bit of an interesting text for Fe- uh, test for Phoenix. I've already talked about how they've won 13, uh, was it 12 straight. Amazing stuff. They go to San Antonio. Classic rivals. I'm going to take the Spurs plus five and a half. I think they've just got enough of the sort of similarly young, weird, athletic kind of dudes to uh, battle with Phoenix. And I think San Antonio can make that close. So I'll take the five and a half points. Memphis, they go to Utah. If Memphis's uh, offense isn't on song, Utah will dismantle them. And I think Utah will just do that. So they're nine and a half point favorites, Utah. That's a lot. Memphis aren't bad. But if Memphis slipped just a little bit, Utah will win this by like 11. So I'm going to take Utah minus 9.5. And, and finally, Sacramento, dead coach bounce, hosting the Sixers. Let's go, Kings. It'll be funny because they should just put fucking De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald on the team plane back to Philly with them. Let's see if they do. But either way, I think the Kings win this. So I'll take the Kings minus 2.5. Classic dead coach bounce vibes. Maybe they can defy even that. Though that's how bad the Kings are. All right, there you go. Jeez, long show today. Um, Either way, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Yeah. Nice. Trying to finagle the uh, schedule so that the uh, squid, you know, his day with just me hanging out, um, you know, doesn't fall on a day where there's 10 games every time. (laughs) So anyway, I'll figure that out. But either way, lots of games on tomorrow. That's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to wrap all that up for you. That's what we do here. So follow us on Twitter, FaceEIG. Check out NFL Australia with Gaz and I chopping it up. Big week this week. It was fun as hell. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Always doing a great job. He had a great post today uh, with the LeBron and Beef Stew fight. Um, <laughs> with some John Cena, Brock Lesnar stuff. And uh, this week, it's the final episode of World Wrestling Australia for this year because Adam's going to uh, take a little bit of a break. He's going to talk about the last 12 months for all the Aussies as well as this year's Survivor Series results. And uh, the first ever World Wrestling Australia End of Year Awards. I love that. So... Go check out FWCIE on Twitter for future episodes. Just subscribe to FWCI Sports and Gaming on YouTube as well. And, uh, yeah, check out the World Wrestling Australia End of Year Awards over on YouTube, World Wrestling Australia. Give it a peep. Always a great one. Love working with Adam. Uh, check out NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Buy some T-shirts, would you? Go on. Got to get rid of them. Old mate's just cracking it with me now. <laughs> check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get 20% off and free shipping. Look after your look after your family jewels the way they deserve. TheDailyLicker.com. Use the code Straya there. Get a free six-pack on your mate Jimmy and Knowable. Bang in the code Straya. Get 20% off getting smarter today. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band House Hats. They're up and running out of times out now. It's awesome. And also big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth. Apple Music, Spotify, however you listen to your tunes, do that. Right, NBA Australia Sports Australian Bands, so should you. I'm going to be seeing bands this week, next week. Oh, it's good to be back in the swing of things, isn't it? 
But we'll close off today's show with a very, very quick Giddily Positive Giddy Reviews for Giddily Positive People with Josh Giddy. And uh, we'll speak to you tomorrow. How good's that? All right. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen. Oh, hey, Josh Giddy here with the latest episode of Giddily Positive Giddy Reviews for Giddily Positive People with Josh Giddy. And just a really quick one this week because uh, we don't have too much time. So I just wanted to say I've really gotten into it this year. Uh, but if you haven't watched Drive to Survive, you're really missing out. It's on Netflix. It's about F1. And I absolutely love it. Like the last season, it easily gets about a 12 out of 10. The two before that were just as good. There's all the drama, all the backstabbing, all the triumph, all the despair. It's just like a normal weekend back home in Yarraville. But either way, it's got everything to make you really appreciate what you've got going on. You're sitting there going, at least I'm not an F1 driver. That seems insane. But it's great. So go check it out. I actually got put onto it by Dally because he was just sitting there yelling at me for ages and ages and ages. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, drive to survive, dickhead. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll give it a look. And then I did, and I got hooked. So you will too. Go check out Drive to Survive. 12 out of 10, giddily positive giddy ups from Josh Giddy. So there you go. That's all we've got time for this week. That's another giddily positive giddy reviews for giddily positive people with Josh Giddy. I'll talk to you next week.